So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit. I want to I wanna put in an honorable mention for someone saying Majestic Thorin. He's like a Maybelline or Garnier Fruchis ad. Well, that's in the movie. That's on the book. <laughs> so, join Caitlin and Rachel. Emmy. As we take you on this unexpected journey. There and back again. <laughs> I see what you all did there. That was very clever. <laughs> all right. Um, so here we are for today's episode of So You Want to Read Tolkien. We're talking about Chapter 7, Queer Lodgings. Not as interesting as you'd think. Once again, we have not talked about who's doing what. <laughs> Lodgings are not gay enough. Yep. <laughs> I will do the long summary, because I wrote it in a way that doesn't make sense unless you knew what I meant. Unless right. you're you. That's yeah. fine. I'll do characters, because I never do characters. Okay. If that works. Um, so in this chapter, we, of course, have our company of Bilbo and Gandalf and the dwarves. We have a very brief bit of the elves, or the, the eagles. Good God. We have a very brief bit of the eagles in the beginning. And then our main new character here is we meet Bjorn, who is a skin changer. He turns into a bear and is definitely not a furry. I hate that you added that in there. <laughs> oh, didn't even cross my mind. Now it's there. Now it's in my mind. When we're doing characters, should we list out all the dwarves every time? I think Rachel should because she know. has them memorized. I've... Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Dwalin Balin, Oin Gloin, Beefer Boffer Bomber, uh, Dory Nori Ori, Feely Keely, and Thorin. I think that was Very everyone. Good. I didn't count. I just let myself go. I didn't count either, so sounds good to me. I didn't count either. Damn it. Now I feel like you missed one. Is there a, is there another Oin? The like secret Oin I was going to say, did nope. you say there Oin are and Gloin? There are three sets of two, two sets of three, and then Thorin. Okay. Okay. Sounds legit to me. <laughs> these are these are how I learn these things, so I can eventually just rattle off all of these dwarves that no one can keep straight. I think I've invented a dwarf in my head named Noin. <laughs> you did. That is he's, definitely not one of the dwarves. He's the drunk German. Yeah. That is a... Uh... <laughs> Noin! That <laughs> was some figment of your imagination. <laughs> it's all figments of your imagination. Everything's made up. Nothing oh, is I real. Love, I love that little known third. <laughs> little known 14th dwarf. <laughs> they left him at home because he was always drunk. <laughs> okay, so um, our short summary for this chapter is that Bilbo and company regroup in the house of Bjorn, and then they head on towards Mirkwood. Gandalf abandons the party. I like that you uh, changed that word for abandon. <laughs> it's more dramatic. It is more dramatic. Yep. It is kind of another chapter where nothing happens. 
It's a transitional chapter. Tolkien in a nutshell. Tolkien likes those. All right. So the longer summary. Uh, Eagles drop the party off on a great rock outcropping with a large set of stairs carved or set, I don't know, into the side of it. Um, The Hobbit has its first real Silmarillion moment where you can really see that they're written by the same author with um, Bilbo never saw them, the Eagles, again, except high and far off in the Battle of Five Armies. But as that comes in at the end of this tale... We'll say no more about it just now. Ugh. Spoilers. Man. Which was just a real nice moment of Tolkien spoiling his own work. Yep. So very yep. much like the way this, that he does. this thing never happened except for Baron. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gandalf mentions that they've ended up much farther north than they meant to. Um, but he knows somewhere they can go to rest and restock and he heads leads them down the great rock which is called the carrick explaining that the person that he's leading them to is the one who built these steps and named it the carrick but won't really tell them any more about him which they should have known is pretty shady and uh, it's also here that he first mentions that he's probably going to be leaving the party um As they walk, though, Bilbo pesters Gandalf quite a bit until he tells them more about who they're going to see. The person is named Beorn, and he is a skin changer. Um, He is sometimes a great black bear, and he is sometimes a great black-haired man. I don't know if I should make that point that I wrote, but eh. I think you should. I should? Okay. Uh, Just, I, I also just included here in the notes that obviously he couldn't just be a great black man. Only black hair is allowed. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm. As I'm thinking about it, as I was telling you, you should make that point. It, I'm not sure which would be worse for, um, yeah. Tolkien to have no black characters at all, or to have the only one be a skin changer. You know, I don't really know either, but that just goes to show that he should have more than one. Yes, that or uh, any. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more than none, but also more than one. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They need yep. some diversity in these books. Good lord. Yeah. As they approach Baron's house, Gandalf decides that there's too many of them to surprise Baron with all at once. So he takes Bilbo with him and says he'll whistle when he wants the dwarves to start appearing. Uh, Bomber is once again fat shamed as he counts as two. Uh, Gandalf nice. Inter- yeah. Gandalf introduces himself and Bilbo to Baron and starts telling the story of how they got through the mountains and slowly... Uh, he starts referring to the group in the story as larger than larger, and as he does that, he signals two dwarves to come in, and it was just a much clever, cleverer, clicker, yep. Words and are hard. <laughs> he was much more clever about it, and it was, I thought, funnier than it was in the movie. I know, it's so much fun, instead of running away from orcs that you just flew away from, um, Yeah. It's just charming and wonderful. Yeah, charming is a good word for it. The way that he keeps referring to them as like, you know, a few and then a dozen and then 15. And Bjorn's just like, I only see eight of you. How is that a dozen? And he's like, oh, we need more. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, <laughs> and it could have fit so well after like some of the tone things in the first movie. It's kind of like them all showing up on, on Bilbo's doorstep. Yeah. Right? You just have Gandalf make some of those knowing looks, a little bit of thing as he's like, you know, telling the story. and But no. Yeah. I liked this a lot better. 
And also, I liked how like they spend two nights at Bayorns, and then some goblins are sort of catching up mm-hmm. instead of right away, which makes so much more sense. But anyways, um, Bayorn decides he likes the group and offers them food and shelter. They spend two nights at his house, during which Bayorn sort of backtracks where they came from and finds a goblin and a warg to interrogate and confirms the dwarf story and finds out more about where the goblins and the wargs are headed. He then sends the party along their way, lending them some ponies and packing their bags full of food. He gives them warnings about Mirkwood and that the goblins are not far off, instructs them to send the ponies back before they enter Mirkwood, and then the group travels you know, to Mirkwood. And as they get there, Gandalf takes his final leave of the party, and there's much more whining, and they send the ponies back, and then they begin to enter the dangerous forest, ending basically the chapter with a line of doom. Now began the most dangerous part of their journey. Doom. Doom. Sounds about right. And that's, uh, that was pretty much the chapter. It was a long one to read, but now that we're t- talking about it... I was going to say, it feels like it was so much denser, but yeah, really nothing happened. Yep. Yep. I have a couple commenty things that I've added. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the advantage of watching the movies, and like the first chapter after that, it's so fresh. Yeah. Um, but I love how, I love how Gandalf leaves them. It's not any, like, ominous, like, there are dark things going on. I have to see, too. I wouldn't leave if there was no other way. You know, he's like, no, 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 this wasn't my adventure. Go! I've come too far already. Yeah, you don't need a wizard to deal with a dragon. Right? Nah! (laughs) Toodles! It's so Gandalf. I did really like his line, um... He says, uh, and then, and beyond them, high in the east, the lonely mountain where a dear old Smaug lives, though I hope he is not expecting you. <laughs> and then Lauren says, very comforting you are, to be sure. And then right after that, it's just, uh, about Gandalf. But, but he could not resist the temptation to have the last mm-hmm. word. Of course not. No. There's his uh, character, sum yeah. up. I like that, and, it, and it's the word of doom also, basically. So I enjoy how Gandalf is, like, he's a Maya of, what's his face? The head Maya? But he just seems very close to Mandos. Because mm-hmm. he speaks so much doom. So much doom. What is the Maya's name that I'm trying to think of? The Valar? Yeah, Valar. Um, that dude who we hate, Manway. Manway. We just had his fucking eagle, so we can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was arguably like the most important of the Valar, and yet right. we always discard him. Well, arguably. But yeah, Gandalf's parting line is, goodbye, be good, take care of yourselves, and don't leave the path. A little bit of Mother Hen and a little bit of doom. <laughs> a whole lot of drama. Yep. Gandalf. Um, I did also like the line where he's describing Bayorn, and then he just says, he lives most on cream and honey. Like, that That sounds like a pretty good life, actually. Yep. Can't complain. Um, there were some just, there were just lovely bits of them hanging out and resting and stuff. Um, but I wanted something in where the, uh, the dwarves start telling stories and, um, 
after Bjorn had shared some. And Bjorn is totally uninterested in the dwarf stories because they all center around like gold and jewels. Um, yeah. And it's like, this is when like Bilbo could have his moment of like, oh, I know stories about good people and farming and stuff. But no, he just keeps sitting there. Wasn't he drifting off or was that just I, after he that? He was probably, I don't know. He sleeps the whole time in this chapter. <laughs> Did do a lot of sleeping. I mean, I can't blame them, but still. Also, I don't know if this is just due to where I live, but when the book said that he was a great black bear, in my memory, he's always been a brown bear because I find brown bears scarier. Scarier? Yeah, I had that thought too. Whenever we see a black bear, it's always just like, oh, it's just a black bear. Whatever. See a brown bear, you get the fuck out. Yeah, man. So that was interesting. Yeah. That I just had it wrong in my memory due to cultural differences, I suppose. I think of brown bears too, but that's because of the football bears. Cultural differences. Oh no, I definitely think of brown bears because they're terrifying. I have only seen a wild grizzly once, and thankfully it was a baby. (laughs) And we got away. Yeah, we were driving once, and we had a grizzly mama and her cubs lumbered across the highway. Oh, and we stopped, terrifying. and it was adorable. They had no interest in us, but like, oh, that's they're good. huge. Yeah. They're huge, and you think you know that because you've seen pictures, and then you see them in real life, and they're gigantic. Mm-hmm. I'm glad yeah. I don't know this. Just, just. Well, we can always, if you ever come visit, we can go hiking in the mountains. Mm, yeah, <laughs> man. It's a fun time. Bear watching. Yep. Anyway. Last thing is, we have another song. Yes. Oh, I forgot to put that in the notes. Thank you for bringing that up. It's really, really pretty. Yeah, this book does better than the movie and recalls the main fucking theme. Yeah. God. Shade. Just a little bit of shade. I guess, I mean, this book does better than the movie. Goes without saying about everything. That's true. But, yeah. So that's it. Like, we just, we lost the main theme from the first movie that was their one song and... Yeah, it was really nice having them sort of sing it again or sing a different a different piece of it. Yeah, it's like really similar but not quite. Well, when they sing it in at the beginning, I think it's mentioned that like that Bilbo or the the author only gave mm-hmm. us a part of the song, not the whole thing. So I assume that we're just getting a different part here. I say I'm trying to like sing it to myself now and yeah, it has the same kind of cadence, so Yeah, it works. That would make sense. I can't sing it in my head. I can't carry a tune. I'm just picturing Richard Armitage singing it I couldn't it sing me. it out loud, but I can do it in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> nice try. Good job. Take one for the team. <laughs> Maybe we need to invite someone on who can sing. <laughs> I don't think I know anyone. Listen, though. we all can sing. It's singing well is where it trips us up. Yeah, the yeah, problem is none of fair. us are Richard Armitage. <laughs> we can invite him on the show. I that's don't think it. he'll respond, let's, though. Let's uh, send him an email. Yeah. Hello, Please sir. Please just we need, we send need... us a recording of you singing this verse. Yes, that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> Page 119 in this copy. I have this idea, like, if he ever, like, obviously this is not going to happen, but let's say it did, and he showed up on our show, I wouldn't be able to speak. <laughs> you would. You would, would, because I would hit you until you did. You don't live anywhere near me, Emmy. I would reach through the internet and <laughs> smack you. It's okay, I would react by speaking too much. Ah, perfect. We anyway. balance each other out. So if anyone knows Richard Armitage, 
Yeah. Either do or don't tell him we exist. No, super don't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's a nice, nice, disturbing little dream. We have nothing to talk about. Yeah. um, Did anybody else think that the eagles talking in this chapter sounded very different from everything else? Well, maybe it's because last chapter, I think we really only heard the Lord of the Eagles talk. And in this one, it was just like some rando eagle. So maybe he's a bit more or a bit less formal. Dignified. Yeah. Don't pinch. Also, said his eagle. Everyone thinks uh, Bilbo is either a rabbit or a bunny. Right? Yeah. Like, how large are your ears, Bilbo? (laughs) And they have large feet like a rabbit. Mm Mm-hmm. And That's they're true. called Hobbit, which kind of sounds like rabbit. There we go. So what we're saying is we need to do a retelling of The Hobbit with, with bunnies. rabbits. Submit us your favorite Bilbo-like bunny. Casting call. <laughs> so wait, if Bilbo's a bunny, what are the dwarves? I know that the elves are definitely hissing cats. Oh, but like nice ones. Depends on who they are. I was going to say depends on the elf, really, doesn't it? Hmm. The goblins can be rats. Although some rats are cute. Maybe some goblins are cute. We don't know. (laughs) They can be mostly like ugly sewer rats. Lived hard lives and lost all their cuteness. Hmm. I I mean, the dwarves could just be like jackrabbits or something. Those big ass giant ones. I'm trying to think if it should be like the whole underground thing. Like, are they like moles or groundhogs or something but then there's that stubbornness and i like a groundhog for a for a dwarf they're badger moles guys obviously Mm. oh my god they're badgers yes and suddenly we've crossed over into c.s lewis oh i was going avatar the last airbender with the badger mole thing but yes c.s lewis and the talking animals and how tolkien would love that she says sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I like it, though. It was to prove they weren't as quite different writers as they both thought they were. Mm-hmm. My my only other thing was that about the eagles, um, along with the whole Silmarillioning, it's like, oh, and though the Lord of the Eagles became in after days the king of all birds and wore a golden crown and his 15 shiftons golden collars made of the gold that the dwarves gave them i'm like not like these uh el- or these eagles didn't have you know enough accolades already they weren't special <laughs> enough no that's <laughs> because of the dwarves giving i'm also them sitting gold. here like what eagle wants a crown like man i like to think that um guahir i think it's guahir is wearing it when he saves frodo yes just flying into the fires of mount doom with this yeah gold crown but also, like, the king of all birds. What other birds have conscious thought, language, society, yeah. culture? Yeah, who's your competition? We haven't we haven't seen any. Although, actually, I guess What's-Her-Face could talk to birds, too. Um, Arendelle's wife, Elwing. I thought you were going for Melian, but... No. <laughs> then, then you said Elwing. Uh, after she was changed into a mm-hmm. swan. So maybe right. there's more bird culture out there than we know mm-hmm. of definitely a possibility so weird thought to have i didn't think this chapter would bring us in that direction we're we're reaching that's fair see now and i was gonna say next time we should just read the one chapter because it's long again but now i have my doubts i think that's gonna be flies and spiders there's a lot of action if i recall 
It's like 20 pages of my small hardcover. All right, yeah, so next time we can do the two chapters, if that's cool with you both. I think that makes sense. Oh, you know what? We did actually get um, some fantasy book recommendations. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you'll recall last week, I asked about adventure fantasy written by women, and we got some recommendations here that I just wanted to share. So at Anya G, uh, Amanda, the one who did our fabulous... Fabulous tuna artwork. She recommended the Books of Pelinar by Alison Krogan, which I actually have read and would second that recommendation. I'd completely forgotten about them. But they aren't only a good adventure fantasy, but also the way that they're written makes them feel like it's real-world lore, like the author is translating them from scrolls that were discovered. And so it has that real-world feeling that Tolkien puts into his writing. Have either of you guys read those? No. I haven't. Oh, they're really good. You would like them. And then, I'm looking them up on Goodreads right now. And then Alan, uh, at Chipper Allen, recommends Emperor's Edge series by Lindsay Broker. Broker? I think that's how you'd say that. And also her Dragon Blood or Dragonblood books. Oh, and then by N.K. Jemison, the fifth season books. Yep. Those, okay. I can see it. You can see it? Ah, uh, I was going to say something, but then, because in my opinion, it is like much more of a science fiction fantasy. And I think I can say that without giving away too much. Because there's a lot okay. of stuff that happens in like the last third of the book that makes me question its fantasy heading. Okay, gotcha. Do you guys have any recommendations? <sighs> For... I can't remember what our, our original prompt was, just... So, like, adventure fantasy in the style of Tolkien, but written by a woman. Woman, yeah. It's the adventure part that really throws me off, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was because... saying last time. I mean, obviously, the Megan Whalen Turner. See, I don't think of those as being at all Because the, the first style. one is an adventure, but then the next two slash three take place primarily all in the same location. And don't get me wrong, those books are fabulous and everyone should read them, but they don't have that going off on a journey and they're not as high fantasy also. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one is. I mean, the first one's just a road trip. I guess they do. I don't even think of it that way, though. Especially since... Okay, well, that's a big spoiler. I won't say that. <laughs> I guess, well, it's not really an adventure because they have a specific destination in mind and they get there by like page 27. But Kiss of Deception is written by a woman and it's about a girl who runs away from her arranged marriage on the eve of her wedding. Um, and then the the prince who was supposed to marry her and the assassin who was sent to the wedding to kill her both go after her. And as you read the story, you don't know which one of the two love interests is which. It's... An adventure because the second two books involve cross-continental voyages and raising armies and prophecies and things, I guess. But the first one really is not. Interesting. I only ever read about half of the first one. The third one was a good ending of a trilogy, though I think my favorite conclusion to a high fantasy trilogy would be Quintana of Shirin by Melina Marchetta. The Lumetier Chronicles are so good. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of an adventure. It if is, If your adventure yeah. is to go and assassinate the king. Well, and the, the first one is 
to reclaim about, a homeland is yeah is about reclaiming a homeland i that's just not at all how I think of those books, so I didn't. Me think of either, it that but way no, that's they, they totally count as adventures, right? They yeah. end up in Jutland Sud and all that nonsense. Yeah, those books are fabulous. God, those are my favorites. I should reread them. I have this really vivid memory of finishing Finnegan of the Rock. I was like sitting on the corner of my bed, like meaning to go somewhere, but just finished my book instead and closing the book and wishing more than anything I could just forget the whole thing and read it again for the first time. <laughs> it is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. I love the second two, right? Because the first one, Finnegan of the Rock, reads a lot like a standalone because it's independent. And then the next two, Froy of the Exiles and Quintana of Shirin, go together so neatly and the plots are so entwined that I think... I have to say those two are my favorites. I think Finnegan's my favorite. Although I'm I looking at my bookshelves trying to think of high fantasy, you know, road trips, and I'm struggling because I've got a lot of like contemporary fantasies, like the So You Want to Be a Wizard series by Diane Duane, and they're brilliant, but not high fantasy, not high enough. Um, have either of you read the Paxenarian books? Not ringing a bell. They're Elizabeth Moon. Uh, I don't think I have, no. And I contemplated buying. They're ones that my mom has read a bunch of times, and I almost bought one at the used bookstore, but it was wildly overpriced, and so, but I still haven't read them, so I can't exactly recommend them. I was just like, oh, it's a book! I only have the books in here that I have not read. That makes oh. it hard. Yeah, all my red books are out of this room. And I know, Caitlin, you're mad, along with me, right, about the Kristen Bertain Green Rider books and where they went? Well, like, I I stopped reading after a bit because as soon as the king married What's-Her-Face, I was out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the blonde lady. But, I mean, the first one and even the second one are fabulous. And so now I think I'm just going to wait until I, how they end and see what happens. But they they were actually kind of probably one of the first Tolkien-esque fantasies that I read w w written by a woman. I uh, I met her recently at Emerald City Comic Con and got her to sign my cop my like original paperback copy that I bought when I was twelve. Nice of um the first book, Green Rider. That was really nice, and we we talked about how about how long ago that was, and yeah, it was crazy. Would you guys call? Fire by Kristen Cashor, an adventure yes. fantasy. Yeah. And and Graceling too, actually, yeah. I still harbor a grudge about Graceling. Why? I hated the ending. Interesting. It did wrap everything up in a nice little bow. I'm like the only person I was so mad that she spent the entire book not like hating kids, and then all of a sudden at the end she was like, Okay, nope. Let's have that that mothering thing. But she doesn't have kids. No, but she like basically adopts whoever it is, and, like Bitter yeah. Blue. Yeah, Bitter Blue. They don't really though, because they take her to her own kingdom and drop her off there, and then leave. <laughs> but um, yes, no, she does have that like responsible for you mothering instinct that she didn't. Not only that she didn't have, but that she didn't want to have. So its inclusion there was. Troublesome. My problem with the ending of that book is that, spoiler alert, uh, Poe ends up with a disability and then magically conquers it. That's the part that, like, 
when I reread it, always makes me squick. Yeah, I will say the author has responded to those criticisms very well then. So I was okay with it. And And I reread it. I read it the first time before I would have even. I was just mad because I was like, finally, someone else who doesn't want to settle down or have kids. And oh, mother God. Well, they don't settle down. Yeah, I didn't and they even don't read have it that kids. way. Because they don't settle down, and they don't have kids, and they never get married. And they don't, like... Don't they get a- married in Bitter Blue? I don't think they do. I thought they had a ceremony in Bitter Blue. I don't think they do. I, I hated Bitter pissed. Blue, so I've repressed, like, hundreds of pages of that book and in my mind. I never read past the first book, because... I hate it. Oh, no, Fire, Fire is, the, is best. the best. You should I, read Fire. I know people it's have so said Fire it, is yet. better than Graceling. Yeah. Look, I still harbor that grudge. I will harbor it until the day I die. No, That's, Fire is beautiful. Yeah, no, Fire is lovely and wonderful. And then Bitter Blue is, should and, never have been written. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hate bitter. to say that about books that, you know, authors work so hard on and that give them so much trouble, but like, wow, I hated that book. That was rough. But Rachel, you should read Fire. It is unconnected. Basically, it's it a It takes place like 70 case. years earlier than the book. So when we say unconnected, we mean unconnected. Well, it not hasn't that, even happened yet. Not that long because you do see the bad guy's origin story. Or it's a little 70 bit of years. I'm not joking. That's the number they say. Oh, I didn't know he was that old. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. And it is, it's sort of the opposite to Graceling because in that one, the main character does really want to be a mother. But can't. That was so sad. That was so sad. Is Rachel still here? Yep. Yeah, not can't biologically, though maybe, but can't because she refuses to inflict her life on a child. And the potential for a child on the world. It was so... Because her father was a serial killer. (laughs) Among other things, it was... Oh, man. But it's really good. It's got, like, a good sort of heist almost in it. It's got some good adventure. It's got some good war. It's got really good characters. Really good character arcs. Man. Yeah. I'm just realizing, like, I've read so many adventure, adventure-ish fantasies, like, by female authors in YA, but basically none in None in adult, adult fantasy. Well, some of There's that- a lot of school- Right? There's the Poppy War also takes place at a school. Oh, I haven't read that yet. I should. Um That's dark, man. That's Oh, but I like that stuff. Yeah. I mean you can sort <laughs> of go for uprooted. It's not really adventure though. Not really. You know, it's not like on, on I a- may I argue that that is in fact more like school because she goes yeah. away to a tower to get an education. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I would vote for uh, Girl of Fire and Thorns. Yeah, you're right. There's no, I mean, not there's no adventure fantasy, but there is a dearth of adventure fantasy written by women in adult fantasy, whereas in YA, we have considerably more of it, I even think, if it's just like one book out of a trilogy or something. I think adventure fantasy is out a little bit in general, too. To a degree, but I will also say that a lot of YA fantasy like, if it had been published in the 90s or the 2000s, it would have been published as adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's just a marketing decision now that it's in YA. Yep. Which is why I sometimes get a little bit pissed about people in the business who say that adults shouldn't read YA. But you know what? Whatever. Let's not get into that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I have statistics I could throw out about that, but we won't start it. I just don't see how authors don't understand that this is all fucking marketing and not... <laughs> 
not necessarily anything to do with who your book is actually aimed at. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, we talked for 20 minutes about The Hobbit and 20 minutes about other books. Everything else. Except that I'm going to have to cut out a lot of that, so this episode's still going to be like 30 minutes. Yeah. That's okay. We tried. Some short episodes are not a bad thing. Nobody's paying us, so. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe people are happy when we just shut up. That's an excuse we tell ourselves a lot, I feel. (laughs) Oh, we have to miss this week? Oh, it's fine. Nobody's paying us. (laughs) All right. So I guess next week we're going to do two chapters in order to avoid what has happened this week. So that's chapter eight, Fleas and Spiders. Flies and Spiders? Whatever. And (laughs) the chapter nine, Barrels Out of Bond. Woo! Which, Stuff and things. If I didn't know what was going to happen in that chapter, that would be the most confusing chapter to Yep. I, I would think something very different happened with the tone mm-hmm. in that chapter. All right. And I guess that's that. Sorry about a super short episode, but um, we'll come back next week with a long one. Hope you got some reading material from us, more so than just your homework. And uh, we'll see you all next week. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. Emmy.